Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, still quarantined in D.C., and today my guest returning is actress Kirsten Warren. She has been in so many movies. She was in Bicentennial Man, Independence Day, 13 going on 30. She's been on television. She was in Desperate Housewives. So we're going to talk a little, we're not really going to focus too much on politics today. We do talk about COVID, but only in the sense of how it's affected our personal lives and not like, you know, the statistics and and all the the scary, dreary stuff. Today, I wanted to take a little bit of a different approach or just go down a different road. So it's not a political show. Kirsten is just delightful. I love her. She is so much fun. I've gotten to know her on Twitter. She's married to actor Kirk Acevedo. And I think I think you guys probably remember she was on the show not too long, well, earlier this year. And one of the things that just warms my heart more than anything is that now when I think this happened after both of them were on my show. And so my phone number, which is what I use to record these, you know, my cell phone, it's a California number. So that's the number they had. Uh, they were under the impression that I lived in California. So this is the couple that when I bitched about everybody buying toilet paper, buying all the toilet paper and there was nothing on the shelves, she and her husband suggested that they could come over and give us some toilet paper. How sweet is that? That is like the sweetest thing ever. Anyway, so this show is just going to be more like two women getting together and just talking about whatever. I did ask her some questions. We did uh, talk a little shit about Vince Vaughn because he deserves it. She talked about Bicentennial Man specifically because on Saturday she just did this whole tweet thing about it, which we get into and you'll figure it out when we talk about it. But it's fun. And she talked about working with Robin Williams. And there's just a number of things we talked about. Very fun, light conversation. And she's, again, very delightful. So I hope that you enjoy the show. I'm not sure what I'm going to do next Monday, but I think Bob Seska is going to be on. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, Okay, so here we go. The Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners. And it's woman run. Me. That's it. I don't have corporate backers. I don't even have an assistant. (laughs) I don't use ads. And it's patrons like you who keep the show going. So I always want to say that I'm grateful because I am. I'm so grateful for everybody who supports the show. And if you do enjoy listening today, take a look at the about page and see some of the past guests that I've had on. Now, I mostly interview political people, whether it's authors, pundits or, you know, journalists. Sometimes it's federal prosecutors. But it's usually a political show. Obviously, today it is not. But occasionally I do interview actors because I used to be an actor. I obviously was never famous, but I did my fair share of work, and I love talking to creative people. I love talking to actors, so sometimes you're going to get that. There's probably going to be a little bit of uh, politics, or at at least, at the very least, there's going to be social issues thrown in. So if you like the show, please consider becoming a patron. Now, you can sign up for any dollar amount, but let's say you could sign up for two bucks, and then this is how it goes. On Mondays and Wednesdays, I I offer two free shows. If you sign up for $4 or less, you're going to get those two shows delivered to your email box as well as one of the two patrons-only shows that I record. So if you sign up for $5 or more, you get everything I just mentioned. You get the two free shows, you get the one patrons-only show, and then you get the second patrons-only show that only for $5 tier people get both shows. And then 
the only the five dollar tier people get my Kimberly's after party, which is whatever I feel like talking about after I do the free shows on Monday and Wednesdays. So I hope that's clear. So, but you could sign up for like two bucks, and if you decide that you want to upgrade later, then you can upgrade later. You get a little taste. You get that one patrons only show. I usually do it with Steph Walton, uh, but sometimes I do it either alone or with another guest. And you know, we talk about ev- anything goes. Of course, politics comes up a lot, <laughs> but it's not only politics. And today, my Kimberly's after party is really very coming from a very personal place and just talking about personal stuff. I do talk about some politics, but I think that's probably because Kirsten and I really didn't, so I had to throw in some of the things that I'm thinking. But it's just, you know, it's just a show that I do for patrons only. So you can go to the front page at, uh, I'm sorry, at patreon.com slash startmeup. Take a look at the description of the show. You can go to the different tiers that I offer. I, I have like six tiers, but you can change the dollar amount of any tier you're in to make it whatever you want. So like if you don't, if, if you want to make the $5 tier $17.99, you can do that. You can do whatever you want. Just again, visit patreon.com slash start me up. And then the other thing that you can do, sometimes people want to make a one-time donation. I'm never going to argue with that. Just check out, check out the text and the Patreon description of every show. You will see my email address, and you can use that in PayPal. And then you can also find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Please stop by. And you can go t- uh, if you're going to use the app, you go through iTunes, but you go to Apple Podcasts and become a subscriber. That's free. And while you're there, please give me a review. That's free. <laughs> and a rating. I need those. I need those as an author, too. Everybody needs them, and I, I, I go after you every time for this. Like, But I notice that every time I say it, I get new ratings, which I really appreciate. So thank you for, for that so much. And that's it. So please now enjoy my conversation with the lovely and delightful and funny Kirsten Warren. Welcome back to the show, Kirsten. Thank you so much, Kimberly. Well, I have to say that, I mean, obviously I've been bugging you to come back on for a while. <laughs> I know not you've bugging, been... I'm... not bugging. Hey, do you want to? It's not qualified as bugging. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I like talking to you. And part of the reason, and especially, I'm so glad that it's happening at this point because we were just talking uh, before we started recording about, I'm like really burnt out. And it's like, I'm going, you know, I'm trying to figure out moving forward for December. You know, Bob had said to me something like, you know, hey, I'm always available for your show. <laughs> and I haven't had him on my show. And I'm always on his show, but he's not, he hasn't really, I don't think he's been on mine. Or if he has, it's been so long. And so I'm trying to think of guests that even though I might come up with one that I will, like, I'd love to talk to Glenn Kirshner because he's been on a few times and, and you know, he likes to, t- I don't know if you know who he is, but he's, he was uh, form- yeah, I yeah, okay. So he's, you know, he makes everybody feel good and he's always got the, you know, the legal news and everything, but I think I'm going to mm-hmm. save him for January because, you know, it's like, I don't know. I just, I just feel like having fun and not talking about Trump, but I'm sure Trump will come up and some political things are yeah, going to yeah. come up. But it I mean, cannot. you know what it is, is like, it's, it's borderline just like, oh, my goodness, PTSD. Yes. Almost like, yes. like we feel like we have long hauler syndrome, <laughs> yeah. COVID, those who dealt with the whole four years yeah. and all the trauma and the, and the squabbling with families and the divisions <laughs> and relationships. It's like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I kind of operate not to those who are on the other side who don't really speak to me at, with ease anymore. But yeah. 
I grew up as being the comforter in chief. I was the peacemaker in the family. I That's was not the surprising. one who, you know, was everybody's yeah. soft place to fall. I just wanted everybody to get along. Yeah. So I don't know where I really found my roar in 2016 <laughs> to be like, put down my cookie. I have something to say. And but, they were all shocked. Yeah. It's like, just like drop jawed shock. Wow. Well, and, and it, that's, that's kind of like where, where we are now. It comes off because you have um, this you know, energy that just comes through on Twitter and it's very, you have such an interesting perspective. Clearly it's creative. You have a very creative mind, but it's also you're, you know, you like you and Danny Duraney. I was just going to say something like Twitter. I love Danny. I know he's so sweet and funny. And, and Twitter is an amazing, it can be an amazing place. I mean, people like the two of you and, and, you know, I mean, I include Kirk, your husband on this, although he has a completely different, vibe and really he's, <laughs> he's like the out like bob is always Go saying on. we need Please more <laughs> he's saying like bob always says my boyfriend we need more alpha liberals and he'll say like kirk <laughs> you know who's just well, like not afraid on and on and on about how they just ruined it with the with because he's like let's strong let's you know we are that that yeah. that guy <laughs> like, oh, I don't know if we need more of that guy. <laughs> like, I get it. I get it. it no, but he's he he's funny, and he. But the thing, and it's also, you know, it's so sweet to see you guys. First of all, all three of you have your your daughter Scarlett and you and Kirk have recently had birthdays. That's like amazing. Yes, November birthdays. It's an expensive month. I, I'm sure. It starts off with me on the fourth, and it's right on the heels of of, of Halloween. You know, oh, it's right. The 31st, yeah. and then you turn around, and it's the fourth. So, like, wow. Yeah. And then Scarlett's is the 16th, and to have that was her golden birthday. Right. She turned 16 wow. on the 16th in a pandemic. Not one person can come to <sighs> a party. It was like, oh my. Goodness. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. What do you do? So I had like a swing put up in the front yard, a really pretty swing, a swing that would not give the house a black eye. Like when you drive <laughs> up, you're like, oh, kids. <laughs> you know, it was like a really pretty swing. Yeah. Came from London, and that's Aww. what we did. And then Kirk's like right on. It's either on Thanksgiving or mm-hmm. the day after Thanksgiving, so we usually celebrate on Thanksgiving. But wow. we're just exhausted. Like, yeah. and then right after the whole election cycle for the three birthdays to happen. My other daughter's <laughs> is in September, but oh, she's wow. yeah. in London and, you know, grown. So right. it's a little different than in that household. Yes. Three November birthdays. Wow. wow. So what did yes. you do for Scarlett other than get the swing? How, how does how does a 16-year-old deal with that? We asked her, what do you want? And she said, okay, I think those drive-by things are ridiculous and humiliating, <laughs> and I'll actually cry if you do that. So don't you dare do that. So, so she laid down the, the, the law and was like, do not do that. It, right. it won't make me happy. Yeah. She says, basically, I want stuff. Um, <laughs> if, if um, you know, I'll fill out a magic birthday list, and we tried to make it happen. Wow. And I got a pretty dress for her, and she's going to do, like, some – you know her her official 16th birthday photo shoot yeah. but it can't happen until things lighten up around right. here a little bit yeah. you know i just don't want to do it where they only shoot outside in the swing and one photographer 10 feet away and it just seemed mm-hmm. like no we need a makeup artist and mm-hmm. stylist and let's wait till we can actually do it do right it. right 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 yeah so we just kind of fulfilled her list and she doesn't like cake which makes it even harder so i had to <laughs> do something with caramel apple who doesn't like cake got in yeah, who doesn't like cake i don't know i like any cake i like I cheap cake I, me I too like cake. 
cake from a grocery store that somebody didn't come and pick up. Happy birthday, Paula. I'll, I'll take it, and I love it. You know, the $2 cake. I yeah. Love cake. No, t- me too. I mean, all cake. It's delicious. I love it. But If hey. you mash it into really good vanilla ice cream, mm, any kind of cake, yes. you know, is just... Yes, absolutely. Which, of course, I can't I can't have traditional ice cream because it has dairy, but I can have all the pretend ice creams, which are just as delicious. So, yeah, sometimes I got pretend eggnog just as delicious. Oh, yeah. You know what? How is that? I don't I guess fine. I finished it all. I don't Does it it taste like real eggnog? Uh I think so. Wow. Because I've never I've always seen it. And I just have thought, I don't know about that. Not that it's like, okay, it's not going to crush me if I buy it. And I, you know, it's not yeah. like it's going to break the bank. No, I, but... have, I have just eaten my, my body weight in holiday snacks <laughs> just in the past month alone. And it's like, I don't care, except I will not weigh myself. I'm not right. aware of myself. Me anymore, neither. But, me neither. But like, this is a pandemic, okay? <laughs> I'm not a raging alcoholic. I don't beat my child. <laughs> I, I got to have something. Give me something. I have some <laughs> outlet. <laughs> Well, everybody, everybody on my podcast who listens knows that um, I've recently started, I've changed the way I've complained to you privately about my battle with menopause weight and everything. And so uh, while I was at my mom's house, she, she eats a little bit differently. In fact, she had, she has certain food allergies that gave her discomfort. So at some point years ago, she basically just cut everything out and then added one thing in and, you know, tested to see how do I feel with this. And, you know, Mm -hmm. she eventually came to the conclusion she can't eat X, Y, and Z. And so most of her diet is whole foods. And what's her X, Y, and Z? uh, Soy, soy and milk are the big ones, but, or any kind of dairy product. She can't have soy or dairy product. It makes her feel really shitty. And um, I think if she has gluten she cut she just like me she cuts out gluten for the most part but not because it makes us feel like I I was under the mistaken impression because I think it was like two Thanksgivings ago I tried to cut out gluten I thought okay I'm gonna cut it out and then I accidentally ate some and I felt really crappy it was like I was plugged into a uh to an outlet and electricity was going through my body and I attributed that feeling to Oh, I had cut out gluten and then I put it back in and I felt like shit. And then, so at some point later, I, I once again accidentally had gluten and I felt fine. So I thought, okay, well, I probably don't have an issue with gluten, but I know that one of the things that it's inflammatory. So, uh, I, I figure I cut it out for the most part, but I don't cut it out and that's what my mom does. So she doesn't always yeah, I, have she, gluten. She doesn't do gluten. She doesn't do dairy and and soy. Else? Soy. And She'll so, have gluten occasionally. I don't occasionally. do sugar. I try not yeah, to. Yeah, me neither. And lately, no. I've been eating all sugar, and I know it's bad. <laughs> it's my dysfunctional relationship. It's yeah. my bad boyfriend who went to right. prison. But oh my god, he's hot. It's sugar. <laughs> like I, I love sugar, and the moment I go off it. And I get through the three days of withdrawal, yeah. you know, where you just feel horrible. But beyond that, then I feel amazing. It's, so I yeah. do know it's yeah. sugar. Sugar's a big, big deal. Yeah. But and really it's hard. Just, it's, it's hard to break up with sugar. It's hard to break up with. And, and so I've cut out during this uh, time, COVID, whatever, since I've seen my mom. Because what she t- she was recommending, you know, just not having anything processed, like overly processed, 
because there's heavily processed foods and then there's non-heavily processed. Like so, like if you can have frozen berries, that is a form of like processed foods. But it's it's like if you fr- freeze berries on your own, that's a form of a like a processed food. But by obviously, the way, what Scarlett told me, I made her a smoothie the other day with uh-huh. only fruit that was on the counter, mm-hmm. and she returned it to me and said it had the consistency of vomit. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah, um, she's like, I'll go back to sociology now with my cup of vomit. <laughs> my cup of vomit. Oh my god. Well, I, you know, it's like I'm I'm trying so hard now just to enjoy the whole foods, you know, and stuff that's organic, organic fruits or organic um what is that? Quinoa. Anything I can mm-hmm. find organic, I'll do organic and then and I have to say it's amazing. and I don't have sugar either. The only thing that I I started incorporating monk fruit have you heard of that uh-huh i have so i found some that's like got the consistency of sugar and it's pretty much it's a little sweeter than sugar so i put like a tablespoon in my coffee and it's perfect but um interesting i'm gonna try that and i really liked it i mean i found one it was like a powdered sugar monk fruit actually i'll send you when we're done this i'll take a picture of what i have and the one that's like granulated regular sugar and it's fantastic and I like it more because the powdered sugar left a little bit of an aftertaste and this one really doesn't so much but I only put it in my coffee and I don't really use it for anything else and I don't have sugar either but since I've started doing this I eat more fruits and vegetables now and I'm just you know I used to do this a long time ago and I got way off track so now I'm like back on track and I'm being more healthy and I have to say my skin has cleared up so much. In fact, my neck, before I started this whole thing, my neck was filled with tiny little red bumps, just so many of them. And the the consistency of my skin on my face specifically, it was just kind of, I don't know, dull. And now... Oh, diet can do that. Absolutely. Yeah. And so like yeah, my, my yeah, pores yeah, yeah. are smaller now and my neck has cleared up. So I do. I feel lighter. Um I don't I'm not meaning weight wise just I feel like lighter yeah you in feel general. lighter yeah. I, I stopped eating a lot of white yes stuff, yeah rice pasta yeah. potatoes but but I can't do it during the birthday month no I mean, no no you're no, really no, gonna no. Have your child yeah. turn 16 and like no sugar or Kirk's birthday I make this traditional birthday cake from his bakery in the Bronx Egidio's mm. uh some Italian bakery and it was a birthday cake he used to have every year and he never like you can't get it out here. Yeah. It's a, it's like a, it's a kind of a yellow sponge cake with layers of chocolate and vanilla custards. So you have to make custard. It's not so sweet, but it's so yummy. Yum. So one year back when I had my, uh, some series I was on and an actual assistant, I didn't know what to get him. Hmm. And I, and it was newer in the relationship where you want to like shower with mm-hmm. gifts. Like, mm-hmm. you know, how can I make their dreams true? <laughs> and I couldn't, there was nothing I could buy him that he didn't have or wouldn't yeah. purchase or that would m- make the day. So I sent my assistant on a, so stupid, on a, <laughs> an overnight jet blue flight. Wow. On my flight to the bakery. Oh my God pick up the cake and come back and that was his birthday present and i did like a treasure hunt it ended up back at my refrigerator <laughs> wow that's but that's amazing. how much he loves the cake and we're yeah. still eating it so but mm. but how am i supposed to like, no no, no yeah well, that, i don't want to eat you right have to. you have to and you know the funny thing is is i mean granted we've, we're in quarantine i'm not going anywhere for um thanksgiving or christmas so there's no i don't have to I, like i'm not there's no reason to splurge 
You know what I mean? Like, I don't uh-huh. care. I just don't care. I mean, I made a, I made a nice dinner for us on Thanksgiving, but it, it wasn't like the traditional dinner. But and and Bob is also careful. I'm and I'm sure Kirk is careful about what he eats too in in general. But <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, well oh, I won't say. Kind, but um, <laughs> kind of no no. It depends on what time of day. Sometimes he acts careful and gives you that whole my body's my temple. But then there are four empty onion packages and a Coke Zero. If you want to circle back around to what kind of temple? Um, <laughs> I, I have to say though. I did enjoy back in the day. I haven't had them for a while, but I was a fan of the Funyuns. <laughs> well, it was a gift. It his, one of his oldest friends, you know, and I don't mean like Methuselah, I mean like, you know, he's known forever, sent him a giant box <laughs> filled with packages of Funyuns. So it was kind of funny. That's funny. And and then candy. So I think he kind of feels beholden to show that he's enjoying it by right. eating them. Right. Well, um, and why not? Yeah, yeah, no, but it's you like know? You, the whole thing is, is like enjoy – it's like, you know, I, 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 and I'm sorry for everybody listening and I'm pre- repeating myself, but I saw this woman on YouTube and she would do all these fitness challenges and everything. And one of her things was like, don't be afraid of food. And my whole life, I have been afraid of certain foods, whether I've eaten them or not, they have always been like, Ugh! and so I just decided now I'm not going to be afraid of anything. I was afraid of good foods. I was afraid of good fats, like olive oil and, and avocado. I was afraid of yes. fat. Yeah. I was afraid of you know, cake. I was afraid of all of it, but I, and so I have, I've had this really fucked up relationship with food. And so I just kind of decided I'm not going to be afraid of anything. I'm going to eat the olive oil. I'm going to, but I'm going to do it where I don't combine it with the white stuff. And, and I'm just going to live. And then occasionally when, you know, cakes come into my sphere, I'm going to eat them and I'm not going to be afraid of them. So that's very smart. And it's the way to live, I think. Well, I figured it out at 52. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like, I mean, it's taken a long time. That's a bear of a problem to deal with because what you used to be able to do, then suddenly it's like, if you so much as look at the Mm -hmm. food you're wearing 10 extra pounds. And then people say to you, Oh, just just cut the calories. what, what, What happened? Yeah. People will just go, Oh, just exercise more or cut the calories. It's like, no that doesn't work and you know and running then just raises your stress cortisol levels and then you're like freaked out and your body starts storing more yes i mean that's kirk's thing because he really does work out like a demon yeah you know it's like and it's it's crazy he asked me to like if i wanted to run up whatever hill he does with him one day. <laughs> like, no, no, you the answer to that. It's like, babe, I could train you. I'm like, you could. Like, no, you won't. Things that won't happen. I mean, you don't do that. I had a, my ex one time tried to teach me how to ski. Worst day of my life. Wow. I'm athletic. I yeah. can ski. But he decided to take me down some black diamond hill the oh first God. day. Probably to show me how he could do it. Right. You know? And I'm wow. like sliding and crying and throwing <laughs> one ski at him. And I didn't speak to him for the rest of the weekend. I got scared. You know, that feeling when you're going, down, I don't know if you've skied, but you're going downhill. And that yeah. feeling if you don't know if you have control and yeah. you're just whizzing down the hill, horrible. I never made it that far. The only time I went skiing, oh, I wish I could remember the name of it because you probably know it. It's, it's. It's one of the places that people go in California to ski, Snow Summit or oh, something Snow like that. Summit. It's probably Snow it was probably Snow this Summit. This is where that horror happened, I think. <laughs> I think it happened at Snow Summit. I, it's a big idea. Yeah, and I was with my girlfriend. I was probably 10. And I you know, we weren't even on a hill. I just had my skates on <laughs> and I I ran into a haystack 
And so, of course, like the front of the skis. (laughs) That's okay. You can laugh. I ran into the haystack that was like, how am I going to fall? I didn't know how to fall, and I think I fell. And then I was like, that's it. I don't like skiing. And so I didn't, you know, I mean, I just stayed where where it was flat and pushed myself around until the day was over. But I'm not, I'm, I'm not uh, very good at sports or anything. The only thing that I I can do well is I love it. I will ski. I like to ski. I can get up and go. But I hate that culture of you got to be first one out on the hill and you're all aggressive and then I pull yeah. my ACL when some I'm on a medium blue black hill I can ski yeah but some poor girl couldn't and sliced <laughs> right onto one of my skis and the bindings didn't release oh and wrenched my, my knee and oh. they bring the toboggan up and I had to like lay there in emergency with my like reindeer underpants I just felt so stupid <laughs> and yeah and then our friends who came along with us just good friends they mistakenly called her my mother and then <laughs> she was mad for the rest of the weekend and i'm like needing surgery well see that's why i'm afraid of, of skiing is the surgery thing <laughs> yeah, like, i don't no, want to have to deal with surgery my need by myself i did not not by myself but i mean i didn't do surgery i opted out of that i'm like i'm not a professional basketball player right. i don't need yeah. my knee for that i just needed to work right. and be fine and i'm fine <laughs> so i'm glad i didn't <laughs> Well, I do. I'm, I'm surprisingly, I learned as an adult that I'm really good at bowling, but I can't bowl because it was funny. My girlfriend and I were, we went to this party one year and it was a charity bowling thing and we were playing with people in a league and I got the highest score or, or the best score. And I was kicking ass. I was doing so well. And then I threw my back out because I have a recurring back issue. And then the next game we played, I got the lowest score. And then I think I tried bowling one other time and I threw my back out again. And I'm like, I just can't do this because... You were injured. It's the way you swing back. I'm that way with golf. I can't backswing. I can't get my back to twist that way. It doesn't like it. Even though I'm a gymnast, ex-gymnast can do a back bend, but somehow golf, the way it... The torquing and the twist of it, no. I'm a ringer at foosball i am crazy good those kinds where where you just hear that yeah yeah and and people stand there scared like what just happened they didn't even see it you know yeah that's me wow Uh, something i i yeah 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 so i always want a foosball table and kirk never wants to play me because i can just (laughs) because you'll kick his butt (laughs) trounce him and he just doesn't like evidence of that anywhere in the world so yeah no i honestly it's like do you have to win at everything you'd be like yes (laughs) that's how the relationship works i like to pretend that's so funny Oh, well, okay. Now I just need to ask you, and I also want to clarify something. Not that everybody on my podcast is like overly concerned, but your cat Ripley is so awesome. And I mean, she's so funny because first of all, she totally (laughs) reminds me of you. Like she's, she looks like you. Somebody else has said that like a cat looks like you. And I I don't know why or how, but a lot of people have said that. I think it's, 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 first of all, she's very beautiful and she's so cute and she's got this attitude. You know what I mean? She's got this like, do not mess with me attitude that there's that one picture you have of her in the tree and she's looking at the camera like, oh, like she's got this crazed look on her face. And yes, she's so she funny. She too. She gets expressions that yes. you don't normally see in yeah. a cat, which yeah. is weird. Like she's animated or right. something. And maybe that's maybe that's the, the, the line to me. You know, we're just animated goofballs, you know, idiots <laughs> with no village or something. Ripley. <laughs> I mean, but no, yeah, I, lo- I love the cat. And what is her breed? 
She's a Bengal. Bengal. Ripley Karu. Karu Komani. I see. Karu <laughs> Komani. I see, though, that sometimes people give you shit because she's a breed. They do. Kirk's, Kirk's political friends give me right. shit through him. Like, mm-hmm. oh, your wife and her cat pictures, yeah. you know. And I was like, you know what? People like a good cat picture it's it's just a nice break what do you want to do talk about trump some more i mean i i really need the break sometimes. yeah but so i mean but i think i just that, do it to please myself but the thing is is that you explain the reason why you chose that breed is because yes you have i a do dog. i do get crap for buying like you bought that you yeah. know how much what you you get your right. to adopt not shop Yes, we did that with our dog. Our yeah. poor little dog came from a dog fighting family mm. and was small. Mm-hmm. And so he was abandoned at the park. And the, oh. the man like left his 12-year-old to dump the dog while he kept the car running. Oh my God. And little Dutchie was like trying desperately to get back into this car where his life was hell. As oh. I just found out from people at that dog park that knew this. Yeah. They had bunch of dog fighting dogs so the little puppy could only eat what he could get and he didn't get that much he was like eight months old so he's got food issues Mm -hmm. he's super aggressive Mm -hmm. he will snarl at you for your you know whatever's on your plate if you let him near it Mm -hmm. so you have to make sure that whatever cat you brought into your Mm -hmm. life and when the pandemic hit and scarlet had a meltdown one night we just realized we needed a project like a Mm -hmm. family project Mm -hmm. we needed something so she's like an essential kitten we call her we went to go get her but they think they're big big cats yeah a bengal and they are not uh scared of a dog you know so (laughs) she doesn't care she just walks right up to him and he's so freaked out that she's like really and she'll she'll do her papal blessing put her paw (laughs) spread out with all her claws on his muzzle and be like calm yourself like Aww. she just has this superpower that's so funny and it's pretty funny but that's why you know we yeah. went looking for who could deal with right. this dog and we wanted a happy home life i mean yeah. I, a smaller domestic short hair cat that we would have gotten at a rescue mm-hmm. would be scared mm-hmm. of dutchie yeah. and would scratch him immediately in the eye yeah. and then he'd probably kill her right and i didn't want anything murdered in my house yeah. you know so who could handle this right but yeah you get a lot of grief but there's you'll learn this with pets parents learn this all the time you can never do anything completely no. right no. for everybody no you're always doing something wrong i didn't breastfeed scarlet i was going back to work i was on desperate housewives and i wanted someone to be able to do that without worrying that i right. didn't get out of there for 18 hours mm-hmm. or what have you so I handed her a bottle, and we're in Gelson's, and some woman comes up to me. She goes, you know, breastfeeding is best for that baby. And I go, well, you know, we're not really sure we're going to keep her. So, <laughs> Oh, my God, that's the best answer. <laughs> the look on her face, like, just like, because it's like, I don't have to explain myself I know. after that. Like, it left yeah. her, like. 40 minutes later in line, I could still see some wheels like <laughs> twirling in her head. Like, what? <laughs> like, we're just not sure. Oh my God. Well, my mother, situation. my mother didn't breastfed me, br- breastfeed me either. So I guess I'm okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't maybe know. My I'm mom not... didn't either, but maybe that explains a lot. I don't know. <laughs> All I know is that Scarlett was, you know, off yeah. the charts healthy. And I just, I just didn't. I think that if it works for you and it's easy, fantastic. Mm-hmm. But yeah. there are really legitimate reasons for not to. And I just think that people need to kind of leave 
mothers alone. Yeah, of course. But everybody's got their, everybody's got a shit on your, you know, it's like when, you know, Bob is a self-described nerd. You know, he likes all of like Superman and Batman and all, and he's got all the shit in his office. He's got so many, I don't know what the correct term is that probably, I mean, basically they're, I mean, he has some things like literal toys that were the kinds of toys that he had when he was a little kid and he's replaced them. But then he has like these really, I think he has like a golem that's probably three feet tall. He just got the new Mandalorian baby Yoda thing. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I know what you're talking so about. So he's, he's got all, I mean, he's, and yeah, toys. and he's got like displays and lights for the displays and everything. And um, <laughs> so, but when he talks about going online and, you know, wanting to go to some of these, I don't know what they're called, chat rooms, discussion rooms, it's just, it's kind of like politics where, God forbid, you know, oh, I liked this Superman. You're fucking crazy. And then they go, they, they yeah. take a dump on It's like, you can't even enjoy a fun little no. movie without somebody no. screaming at you like you're doing something wrong. And I mean, I don't have, I only deal in politics online for the most part, or, or I go over to YouTube and I just got, I get lost in rabbit holes, but I don't argue with people over there. I just listen to whatever video I'm going to listen to or watch it and then move on to the next. But I can't, it's like, it's so stupid when I see people, if they're like, oh, I really love this song, and then someone has to come in and shit on it. <laughs> it's like, if you so don't like, like this song. To, and, I mean, heaven forbid you actually engage in top 10 lists. You know? <laughs> 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 like, but it was my favorite movie. Why? I thought you asked. I thought you asked. <laughs> what my favorite, like, but that's the wrong answer, apparently. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's I the wrong care answer. care if you don't like Love Actually. <laughs> I could watch it every day. Oh my god. Um, Okay, wait, I need to ask you. I saw on IMDb, I think, that you speak Russian? I speak an intermediate Russian, losing it by the day because I don't use it as much as I should. But yeah, when I was, I, I took it seriously for a while so i like to go to you know Izvestia online and mm-hmm. kind of like read the newspaper there to wow. see if i can i have a limited vocabulary like i can't argue politics mm-hmm. but i can usually get the gist of i can read it and write it and it just kind of keeps your mind you know how they recommend like sudoku yes. puzzles for the elderly mm-hmm. that's what yes. language pursuits are for me it like keeps my mind working on something other than twitter politics right. my husband and daughter eating correctly and you know <laughs> yeah. it's it's just something else and i'm fascinated by it. kind of a russophile that's so Love that's it. so interesting i mean i lived there in uh 81 82 because my dad was an abc news cameraman and so i had the experience of living in com- communist russia what city in what moscow city? moscow so uh, we. I loved St. Petersburg, but they say whatever one you there. land in first is usually the one you love. I don't. Well, I can't it. say that I loved it because it was. I mean, I loved that well, I had the experience. Communist Russia is different than the way it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and that, and it was very much a police state. And my, you know, I mean, there was one day where there was a couple incidences. One I was not there for. My father actually accidentally hit a woman while he was driving because they have in Moscow, I I imagine they have it in other places in Russia, but they have like um, little, not tunnels, but I don't know what you would call them, but like underground walkways because there's the streets. Under the bridge, like the walkway above and then you walk underneath. Yeah, but it's underneath the street. So it's like underground so that you can cross the street underground because some of their streets are huge. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it was in the middle of the night and the woman was drunk and she was wearing dark clothing and my dad didn't see her. And 
fortunately, everything was fine. She lived, and my dad was freaking out. But, um, I mean, f- for the fact that he, he didn't want her to be hurt, but then he was also thinking, mm-hmm. am I going to die in Siberia in some, like, forgotten prison in Siberia? But right, fortunately, right. somebody came to his aid, and I can't remember. I think it was a couple of onlookers. But um, And then there was this other time that my dad was driving me to get – I was 12, and so I, I needed some kind of shot for some reason or some, some medical issue. So we were, gonna, we were driving to the doctor, and – I don't know why he did it. There was this car, and I think it was like a circle. There was, I don't know what they're called, but it was some kind of a circle thing, and there was this car like right in the middle, and my father just like hits it. I I saw it, uh, him approaching, and I'm thinking, he's <laughs> oh, surely going to turn, <laughs> and then boom, we hit the car, and it turned out to be a Russian official's car, and so... Oh, like you do. Yeah. Sorry. And so, <laughs> whoopsie. So uh, we mm-hmm. were detained for hours and hours and questioned, and then, you know, there was this other thing that, uh, again, I missed, and I was so bummed, because... I absolutely loved and adored the school that I went to. It was an, it was Anglo-American school, but there were 80 different nationalities. So there's like all these kids from all over the world. And so Yeah, I hear about those international schools. Those are quite the place. They Friend are. And I went to it was awesome. school in Japan. Yeah. Just awesome. Um, but the school trip was going to be to Bukhara, Tashkent, and some other place that I can't remember. And I loved that school. I loved everybody in my school. And I was so desperate to go. I, I couldn't wait. And then the morning that I was getting ready. Now, normally, I was the kid that would lie to, about being sick so I could stay home. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I don't feel good. And I just didn't want to go to school. And I would lie. And so anyway, my father is like, I don't know, he could tell something was up. And I, I guess I wasn't feeling well, but I didn't even really notice because I so desperately wanted to go on this trip. He's like, come here. And he feels my head and I had a fever. And he's like, you're not going anywhere. So I had to stay home. And it turns out that on the way back, uh, one of the kids had pushed, they, there was some pamphlet in the airport. I believe Brezhnev was the president. I think that's who it was. But either way, whoever was the president, some kid had defaced him by pushing the, their thumb through his face. And, you know, for like six or seven hours, the entire oh, class goodness. was detained. I mean, these were freaking 12-year-old kids. Yeah, and I know. It's just I know. The, it's rough. It's the Soviet rough. government um, is just so lame. <laughs> I like the sound of the language somehow. It sounds to me like English being pulled out of you backwards. Interesting. Like, I don't know. If, like, to me, okay, so I had, like, a driver to the airport one time back when there was work, and they would <laughs> drive you, you know, to the airport. Remember that? Oh, <laughs> um, nostalgia. <laughs> um so the driver's driving me to the airport, and he's Russian, and so I'm kind of, you know, like saying what I know, and, and I love to practice on him. And he said he um, he he liked my accent, and we were talking, and he's like, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, he wanted to know why I why I understood Russian, and I hmm. told him. I was born in an orphanage in Moscow. <laughs> you know, like, I spin this huge yarn and I was adopted by an oh American my God. couple. And, That's so funny. And the look on his face, and he looks in the rearview mirror and he's like, Pravda? True, is that true? And I'm like, no, but it makes for a good story, doesn't it? And then we laugh and we're best friends and friends on Facebook. You have a very good (laughs) accent. You know, I had... It sounds to me like it, like English being drawn out of your back. To me, it sounds round. 
it's it's like has a round sound to it to me like old like oil i don't know i can't my russian well, like, teacher kind of in the front part front yes part of their mouth up, up there and they always sound angry you know <laughs> well but the women you know, uh, i always loved listening to women on the on the bus because you'd have two women sitting next to each other me like i'd be behind them or something and they would talk. I, I'm not going to speak Russian because I can't. You speak way more. I, I have a few words that I can say, and then I don't remember anything. I, I never mm-hmm. spl- spoke fluently. I only spoke enough to get around town. But um, I would listen to these women, and they would speak so softly. And it's like they would talk, and they would... And it was like this soft little way of talking. And I, I, I was always fascinated listening to them. But my Russian teacher, her name was Renata Maximovich, and she she told me that I had a perfect ru- Russian accent. and But she was nice. so funny because she would always come over and like my stepmom would kind of hover for a little bit. You know, she'd she'd set us up, you know, get us something to drink or whatever. And then she'd go off in the other room. And as soon as my stepmother would go in the other room, my Russian teacher was like, oh, do you have any sweet snacks? And it's like she would she would want me <laughs> to pull out whatever <laughs> sweets for her. And it was just so funny. But I, I, I loved I loved that experience. But I mean, it was just obviously it was a um even though i, I was privileged and i explain you know did you I, like I, the russian food did you like the food um yes and no i mean basically what Same. we did we didn't go out very often for food and we didn't we didn't have we had more of an authentic russian experience than some of my friends who whose parents were diplomats and had access to the russian commissary which we did not and mm-hmm. you know we could go to the russian um I can't remember what it was just so you could get like hamburgers there, but they were prepared by Russians and it kind of had a Russian slant on the American foods. But then there was like the commissary where you could literally buy Snickers and Pepsi and Coke. And although they did have Coke in Russia, they had Coke and they had orange Fanta. And, Mm. but, but I, I got like, I had the cream is different. Like the sour cream and the ice cream. There's a different. Ice cream is different. Yeah, but it's good. Yeah, Marojne. Yeah, Yeah, And I loved it. It was, I I grew to love it. And then I really also liked the sour cream. And, um, but, you know, I mean, I I had been to a few restaurants, but most of the time we would shop at the uh, open air market. And so my stepmother and father are both, you know, cooks. And so, you know, what they would just prepare whatever from the food that we bought so and then a lot when we i would, was in st petersburg i went to one of those open air markets and bought in the that you can buy seeds to uh-huh. grow whatever you want flowers and stuff but uh-huh. in these huge burlap bags were these tiny little placards that were painted uh with a picture of the flower that hmm. it would grow into oh, how cool. and i was so taken by them that yeah. i have about 42 <sighs> i wanted to buy their placards and then arrange yeah. them in a big picture and I have that in my in my dining room. Oh, that's so cool! That is awesome. Yeah, like the, somebody's guy. It's like it's like found art, or you know, it's like yeah. it's like no, no, no. It's so cute because it's the farmer's grandson or granddaughter that right. painted these images, and they're so sweet. Oh, and then wow. I brought them here, brought them home, and then had them, you know, custom framed. And um, where I, I I don't know what it is about the Russian thing. They they say before you learn a language, you should really love it because mm-hmm. it takes a lot of time mm-hmm. to learn it and yeah. there's just something about you know the russian maybe it's the gymnastics mm-hmm. the, the romance of the old-fashioned eastern bloc countries mm-hmm. dominating the sport i don't know loved it what took you to st petersburg i went on my 
so-called honeymoon with my ex. Oh, wow. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, we laugh like I could never take Kirk. Kirk. They would think that he's like some Chechen rebel or shoot him <laughs> or something. <Aww. laughs> we, we were going to go. But uh, it, it wasn't like right away. It was a couple years in because hmm. I've just been interested in all things Russian for yeah. a long, long time. That's so fascinating. Um, yeah. Okay, so I want to get to this part now because you talked about, or on Saturday, I think it was Saturday, so it was Amy Vernon, said she was going to watch oh, yeah, 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 Bicentennial Man. Bicentennial Man. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you're in she it. She asked if I would be a part of it, and yes. I, I'm in it, and she said, hey, do you want to join us? And I was like, I have not seen it since the night I sat there at the premiere and watched it. Really? Wow. And then I can't bring myself to watch it before without yeah. the group support, this help, right. just because of the loss of Robin right. and everything. And he just made such an impact in my life. I just adored that man. That's what I want to. Um, well, first of all, I just want to say I, I've never seen that movie. Bob has seen it. I mean, I know when Robin Williams died, I don't believe I knew Bob at that point, but he has told me how much his death impacted him. I mean, he never met him or anything, but just mm-hmm. just loved him so much. And I mean, of course, it, it impacted all of us, but I know Bob took it especially hard. Um, but you were telling some stories. I, I want to hear the stories that you were talking about. First of all, you said he had complained only to you or not. He, he didn't complain to anyone that you saw that his ankles were bleeding from, from the okay, outfit. Yeah. The unitard suit, because you have more of a pit crew building those costumes, like dressing you every day, mm-hmm. not wardrobe. Like normally actors, right, you go to right, your trailer, right. your wardrobe's hanging there, but to dress us. We would come in this unitard that we had in our trailer, and then you'd stand in this kind of open-air tent, and Robin and I would get assembled together, like with a pit crew, mm-hmm. you know, and then, like wow. with power tools and put you in this. whole process would take about an hour and a half to two hours. They got wow. it down to an hour and a half, but yeah. the first day, almost three hours. You know, it's just like this piece doesn't move like that, yeah. and horrible, and it's you kind of have to talk yourself out of an emotional tree. You cannot yeah. be claustrophobic. Yeah. Even after a while, you're like, I can't get out of this right now. Yeah. It will take a gesture, cutting the roll on the tape, someone walking over and with your team, mm-hmm. taking your head off so you can breathe. You know, so it's, wow. it was weird. Um, but cumbersome and yeah. heavy and hard to walk in. Mm-hmm. And Robin would never said a word of complaint about it. I know Steve Johnson, the special effects guy, has written a book and said how much Robin hated the suit and was awful mm-hmm. about the suit and didn't like the suit. I, I haven't read the book. Um, but that's not what I found. I had his wardrobe people say, look, his ankles were bleeding and you won't wow. hear him complain. Yeah, And that's true. All day, the only thing I ever heard was him trying to entertain us. Aww. He's always worried about someone else. And I was such low man on the totem pole you know i didn't Mm -hmm. come with any power i'm not the person anybody above the title kind of Mm -hmm. actor and he was so concerned that i get to go home for mother's day to see misty because first of all he couldn't believe that i was a mother and then we laughed at he i was like yeah she she's i had her when i was 15 and she hates her name her name's misty misty dawn like but i was 15 years old robin she's lucky her name's not hello kitty (laughs) (laughs) and he laughed so hard and like i said he's always he told me that was possibly the funniest thing he'd ever heard (laughs) even on the day i mean i i that's robin williams i doubt it was the funniest thing he'd ever heard but the fact that he wanted to tell me that it was the funniest thing it was a it was like a missionary act you yeah. know, it was so nice he was so nice to me so gracious 
so funny. And uh, we would just play jokes on the on the crew. One day when we're dancing under the Golden Gate Bridge, he said, after they cut, let's just take off running in the opposite direction and watch them all come after us. Because those suits were expensive, right? Yeah. Anything happens, you know, they're hundreds of thousands of dollars down the drain and weeks behind. You know, right, so yeah. so he takes my hand and we start lurching, you know, and those things running. And we're laughing because it's so funny, but we can't breathe. Yeah. So laughing <laughs> oh and, and he's like, look, look, here they come. All of the video <laughs> village, you know, all of like Chris Columbus and all that. But every single crew person's like, oh, my God, get them. They, they can't see. They're going to fall off a cliff. Oh, my God. That's laughing. so funny. Funniest, funny, funny, funny. And so did, like, did, you worked with him every day. Every day that I, most of my scenes, of course, were with him. Mm -hmm. So when I worked, I was there. And there's one scene where he takes out my personality chip because he's so annoyed. Because I'm just so perky and I'm so happy. And he's just like, ah, you know, so he, he, he longs for that, you know, for the reality that he has, that soul, kind of that, that sentient being. He takes out my personality chip and then I'm just an asshole. And it's really funny. And That's when I so do cool. that scene with Oliver Platt, who I love, like Rupert, yeah, I love him too. Oh my yeah. goodness, he tells the funniest stories. <laughs> um, I'm just throwing stuff around, you know, and it's like and glaring at him if he's like, hey, 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 easy. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm just sick of doing what you wanted. So funny. I can to this day hear Robin laughing and mimicking <laughs> my gesture of when I'm like pointing really angrily. I see that and I hear that. And I know it's not in the movie of him laughing right. off screen at that but the fact that he hung around because he wasn't in that scene and just watched and laughed Hmm. that's a gift that's like something you keep forever like i think the best validated feeling of like wow robin robin loved that and thought it was so so i was kind of performing for him oh so okay now did you work because i john michael higgins was my acting teacher and i saw that he was in that film did you work with him Uh, no no, it was only Oliver and and Robin, oh, and then wow. in the, and Beth. Then when when they get unplugged in the final final scene, when I say one is glad to be of service, that whole um, human upgrade for me for Galatea was Robin's idea too. Hmm. My face wouldn't have even been seen when I auditioned for it. I'm not really sure they knew quite what the robots were going to look like. Yeah, you know, and so uh, that maybe I would have just been me like mm-hmm. an interactive robot right. just like this yeah um but then we ended up with these big kind of i thought they were a little toaster 1950s toaster looking <laughs> yeah. you know i i thought they could have been cooler but yeah. that's you know um but i know he wanted me to be seen in it so he was after he was like Galatea should have the upgrade and be the nurse in the final scene. So it was really sweet of him to always be looking out for what would actually help you make you happy and make everything better. And we were great fun. I mean, so much of that stuff is improv that we just, you know, sucks to be you. That was just all fun (laughs) playing with him. And that's what he brought up. That's so cool. Did you ever just out of curiosity, did you ever work with Vince Vaughn? With who? With Vince Vince Vaughn. Vaughn. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> indirectly, not on a show, but he was do- doing a movie called Domestic Disturbance with Steve Buscemi down in Wilmington 
when I was down there doing Divine Secrets of the Aya mm-hmm. Sisterhood with Ashley Judd and Callie Corey and and Sandra Bullock and all that. Mm-hmm. So for I think Ashley used to date Vince Vaughn like many, 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 many moons ago, or they mm-hmm. were just super friendly. I don't know. But he ended up, and this is when she was engaged to Dario Franchitti, the race yes, car driver. Right, right, so right. we're all together. And for her birthday, all Ashley wanted to do, because she's just like a, a parlor game, that's her thing. Mm-hmm. She loves it. She's that. Yeah. So we all had to come over and play running charades. <laughs> and Vince Vaughn was on another team. And as we were running down to get the, he plays dirty. And as we were running down to get the clue, he really just physically picked me up and threw me over the couch so that I'd be about 20 steps behind wow. him. Yeah. What so a he's dick. Impressive. Well, and uh, the reason I ask you, I mean, just out of the blue, but I, I've told this story before, I'm sure. But my experience with him was did you see the movie Swingers? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So I don't remember if I told you the story before. So if I did stop me on the last show, okay. I don't remember. But I basically lived that life. I was the, the female. My girlfriend and I were the female versions of the guys because we were both actors. We went to the exact same nightclubs. I lived at the Derby all the time. I was at the Derby, but I would go oh, to the yeah. okay. I would go to the Dresden and I went to um, there were other other. And like there was the party in the movie Swingers that I, I I've been to that party so many different times. So anyway. Excuse me. Uh, I didn't know Vince was an actor and I would see him in the Derby all the time. So he was tall and he was definitely in, you know, back in like the 90s. I guess it was like early to mid 90s. It was like mid 90s. And he was like that type. He was the type of guy that I went for. Plus, he's like, you know, I'm six feet tall. He's six foot four. He's super tall. Yeah, Yeah, he's really tall. And so I would see him all the time. And I would just like, I wanted to talk to him. And I didn't know who who he was or anything. And then it was funny because this guy, this other guy who we kind of went out and it didn't work. But anyway, he was the... uh, he was just like the doorman and he and he was very handsome. He came over to me, saw me just like looking at Vince and he's like, his name is Vince. So like it was so obvious. It was so obvious that I was just like, you know, my jaw was on the floor every time he would pack. So my girlfriend decided she was sick and tired of me ogling him from afar. And she calls him over. She goes, Vince, come here, come here. So Vince swaggers over. And he, you know, my back is to the bar and he's standing right in front of me. And she goes, so Vince, what do you do for a living? And he goes, I'm an actor. And she goes, oh my God, what a coincidence. So is Kimberly. And then this goes on for a minute or two where he's, you know, he's like, okay, I get it. So he literally, he puts both hands on either side of me against the bar, gets right up into my face and he goes, oh, I get it. You like me. And then he walked away. What a fucking dick! Such a dick! He's, I, uh, dick. He's, he's what I called him. I mean, I know that okay because Ashley was formally either going out with him or whatever their situation was. We'd have these group get-togethers. Yeah, he would come to the table and he so enjoyed like the attention. Yeah, and I would I'm call sure. him the constant auditioner. Like, like you got whatever you're doing, you got the job. You just, it just yeah. seems so constant. Yeah, and um. And we were talking about schedules or who works the next day or who works, you know, whatever. And he's like, oh, no, no, I'm busy because I work pretty much, you know, I work every day. I can't and for no reason guy. at Ugh. all, I go, oh, really? I, that's not what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> no, 
you must have driven him crazy. Just that I felt somehow on the spot that he deserved the yeah. the, the like finger finger flicking in yes. the nose. You know, like yeah. he would do like be go down Simba, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> down Simba. What a dick. I mean, you know, I've I've had dicky, a, a dicky, yeah, dicky, a, a couple. But I, you know, part of it is for show. Yes, like, of know, course it is. On a show for yeah. somebody, and I just I never I wasn't by. I mean, I'm like a, I've been a mom since I was 15. I never yeah. went out. I never yeah. went to the Derby. I never went anywhere. You know right. what I mean? I was always coming home, trying to get home from acting class and leaving yeah. early so that, you know, I could relieve whoever was staying with, with Misty. So I, 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 I surpassed all of that. Well, you know, I mean, I, I can, I, I hate him, but I do enjoy that movie because for me, I, it was in the neighborhood. Every it was where I lived. Everything, you know, I mean, it was like, it oh, was a exactly. Great movie. Yeah. It's and a it's great funny. Movie. I actually think that's one of my, my, the best things about me, I can actually physically really not like somebody yeah. and then enjoy their work. Me too. As Put long as they're not like go, pedophiles you know and things what? like that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I will watch that J-Lo movie again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It's like if something really legit, I'd like it, I'll like it. Yeah. You know? No, I, I'm the same. To be like a snotty actor, that music cue was way too, you know, inelegant. That just, right. came in. I don't want to be that kind of movie <laughs> Well, and you know, I also feel as far as an act, I mean, I don't really describe myself as an activist anymore. I was truly an activist when... I discovered that the ERA hadn't been ratified and I was and I, you know, gave speeches at the Capitol and I was able to make some inroads there. And, and but now it's been ratified. It's not it's not over because there's still a fight for it. But I no longer mm-hmm. consider myself an activist. But as you know, while I was and I would work with groups of people, I didn't like everyone and I didn't care because, like, you know what, when I was when I was an actor, uh, the studio that I went to, my acting coach always said, leave your shit at the door. When you're here, you support everybody. You don't have to like everybody, but it doesn't matter. You just support everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, take it. Don't bring it in. And that was such a valuable lesson for me. And so I felt like as an activist, and I still do this to this day, because even though, you know, again, I'm not working on the ERA, I'm in all these all these uh, DM groups where we're amplifying tweets and everything. And so right. I, you know, I amplify people that I don't like. Because for whatever reason, whether they've been shithead to me or what, it's like, I don't care. I don't care if, you, if you're a shithead to me. If you're doing something for the greater good and you have a good message, I will amplify you. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. worry about my ego. I just don't care. And I do actually pride myself on that because I feel like we're all, you know, it's like, it's what's the point of being petty? If somebody has something that's going to be valuable to the bigger picture, then let's be let's let's work for the bigger picture because in the end, you know we all live in this house together. This this planet and is like a house. We need all the help we can yeah. get for whatever, and nobody is a hundred percent on the same page as you. Yeah, never. When it comes to every right. topic and situation, like you know, it's like I can have my issues here and there, and this bothers me for that, and and then other things just bother me because you've been horrible to me yeah you know what i mean and that's that's hard to get get mm-hmm. over but i don't have i don't really have enemies like that right. but i do i do have my my favorites and if mm-hmm. i don't like someone and even if it's petty i'm like well it's kind of my that's my call you know it is my <laughs> yeah exactly my timeline you know what i mean i'll right. do it if i want to yes. maybe you should think about being nicer if you really want you know what i'm curious i want to ask you too I mean, I don't know. I know you're in one of the DM groups that I'm in and I'm in like 5 billion of them. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so, because every time there's this one person who organizes these groups and they say, do you want to be in this group? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> you know, it's like, sure, put me yeah. in. I don't always, I mean, I, I post them when I feel like it, but I, but I like them because it's a way for my tweets to possibly get amplified, especially the ones, and right. I, I try to put the ones that I feel are important as opposed to my snarky, you know, yelling at people posts. But, um, <laughs> but I've noticed that. My cat hates you. <laughs> I can't like Ripley says you're Ripley's a dick. Ripley has it on good authority. I know. I, I stopped doing them, even though I'm a member of them, because mm-hmm. I was just kind of put off a few times where the only people who get talked to or you can actually, it becomes like, a, well, I'm going to aggressively ignore you. Right. Yes. And there's like, some people who I aggressively ignore. I can, be, I can be aggressively ignored without coming to a private group to do that. I don't need your help <laughs> to do that. But I mean, have you, do so, you get people, specifically men, but I, some women do it too. But I, there are men that constantly send me their tweets for me to amplify personally, not in the group. And it's like, it it's it's it pisses me off and I ignore them because I feel like well, you, I, I don't get that because I just don't engage enough. So I think they're like, well, she's a lost cause. She's huh. just crazy and all. Because there's her one cat. of them. There's so one like, of them. Oh my god. There's I this don't one get guy. That. I don't. Kirk gets that more. I'm I'll, sure he. I'll hear that yeah, he does. Kirk more like I don't talk to this person. I don't know. And yes. they're like, and he also took like Thanksgiving Day off. Like, take a breath. Yeah. You know, let's just yeah. like not be all about. Thanking Trump, you know, Thanksgiving. Can we can we not be thankful for something for a minute? I just because I think it gets unrelenting, and yeah. the moment you you just kind of you ping that meter so far to the right that after a while you just your serotonin levels need to just yes. take a break. Well, you, I mean, I think I took a break for a while, and then like I go on Twitter on my phone, and then I on Thanksgiving, and I tweeted a few things. But just I just noticed in this particular election season there were so many, mainly men. There's a few women who do it, but it's mainly men who they don't say, "Would you please amplify." But I'll tell you this one guy, he, he's caught on and he's changed up, but they just send the tweet. And I just think it's so, and then there was another guy who I don't, I can't like remember Like it's his their name. grocery list or something. Yeah, like tweet like, this for me, this. but they don't even say it. Yeah. They just expect you to serve them. And it's, it's so irritating and rude to me. And there was this one guy, he's a blue check guy. I don't know who he is. I've never heard of him. But I guess we were friends with each other or followed each other because we're in a DM group. And so he would constantly, he would constantly comment on something I would tweet. And he wanted my interaction and I I didn't feel the need to interact. I didn't have anything specific to say. And then he would send me his tweets and I wouldn't retweet. I wouldn't even open them. And I noticed he unfollowed me and it's like, oh my God, really? It's just, it's just, it's like, it's so dumb. I don't sign up to any of those either that tells me who unfollowed me. Oh yeah, right. I well, I used to like it. I don't. I I used to like it to get because, like, I had I wanted to get rid of some. When I first started Twitter, I had I wasn't political, and I kind of wanted to get rid of. I wanted to find out. I didn't want to unfollow them first. So if they unfollowed me, then I'd unfollow them, and I tried to pare down my list to because I want the people who I follow to be people who I find interesting and I think that are going to add to my feed. And that's kind of what I base it. I don't care if you have a blue check, but it's like, just be interesting. 
And so, um, same, same. Yeah. Like, and I don't care what you give me, either it's insight mm-hmm. or, 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 or a laugh, um, yeah. humanity or yeah. humor or camaraderie, yeah. even. Yeah. Uh, like, okay, we've lived through that together. Right. Or some people, I feel like I can really make their day by interacting with them. And sometimes that makes me feel good. Like I I feel like I want to support this person. It's not about what they can do for me. It's like what I can do for them because that makes me feel good. Yeah. Well, and and that's absolutely, I mean, I definitely know there's a couple, I don't Does Tank Shottle ever put you in? Oh, yes. I love Tank. (laughs) He is so, he's like this teddy bear who's. Nobody else, nobody else tweets good night i love you to me nobody <laughs> my husband included except tank <laughs> so i know and that. for those who don't know he's he's a special olympics guy and oh my god he makes these videos where he like turns on a song and he starts singing and dancing for you and he's so yes. genuine and he's so freaking sweet i absolutely adore him and it's true it's like if you just like one of his tweets he'll he'll write author kimberly i love you <laughs> it's like, yes, oh my God, yes, so yes I know. I like. I, I love him. And then he was mortified the other day because someone said something that he thought was not very positive, and that was so light <laughs> comparatively to like the stuff that's been sent my way. <laughs> you know, kill yourself. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but but I had to go support him and go. Oh, yeah. that's terrible. Yeah. I, I should never say that. But right. he likes positivity and light, and so yes. yeah. There are a couple that I just think. I like, yeah, and then just humorous people. I really like. Mm-hmm. I even when I work, if you work on set, I prefer being around people that like to work with like a big joyful quotient to their yeah. day because it makes yeah. it so much easier. It does. I and find the funny. I see the funny. You know yeah. that little boy that the, the six. I I see yeah. people. I see the funny yeah. in everything, and yeah. I can't help it. <laughs> and that's a wonderful trait. And before you go, I do want to ask you, though, what's going on with um, your career, like acting wise? I'm obviously COVID. I just a I want to know, are you guys even auditioning? And B, um, are you, you I think you mentioned you might be writing something or so what's going yeah, on? I'm writing with you? something. I'm writing a book, book proposal oh, okay. all about Ripley. It's like the, the essential <laughs> kittenhood of Ripley Karoo. <laughs> oh know, my like God, that's so how cool. How she came to be and when her pictures, because I love photographing her. Yeah. I just like, I love getting photographs of her because she's got this, this interesting face. So I'm writing on that. Um, I had a flurry of activity a couple months ago where like literally I had four or five really amazing auditions all online though, hmm, you know, like doing your thing yeah, online I was just wonder. and really nice feedback from all of them. And then about three weeks later, Oh, this one's been pushed until spring mm-hmm. because they can't travel this one. They cast on location rather than travel someone from Los Angeles. Only one um, which I'm still like got my fingers crossed for have they called to check my availability like mm. three times now hmm. some HBO show they see it from that same week mm-hmm. so you know there's possibilities and that was that was my favorite one yeah. so I'm holding oh, cool. out for possibly that one happening mm-hmm. but it's very slow same yeah. with Kirk you know yeah. a few things I'll have to put on tape with him and mm-hmm. read with him and but it's it's just not back the way it was. I know right. some things are starting to shoot, but it's so slow. And then they all shut down the moment, mm-hmm. you know, there are COVID cases, yeah. which there are always going to be. Right. So I think this is just the way it's going to be until that vaccine is um, yeah. out and about and we get our numbers down. Right. 
Well, and I mean, I wish somebody, I, I posted the article today that said, uh, Biden advisor said, if you just close down for four to six weeks, we can bring back the economy. And it's true. It's like if the government pays people and pays the businesses to stay closed so that they can open and not, you know, go bankrupt, mm-hmm. we could do that. Although, I mean, we've got cultists in this country who will not, you know, I mean, if things are closed down and they have to close down, that will keep some people you know, from, from, and plus they'll have an extra added incentive to get paid to do it, but there's always going to be, but my liberty and all that shit. So, yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah. free <laughs> Michigan, we have to free Michigan yeah. by killing their governor. Exactly. Right? Yes. That's how we do it. <laughs> and yeah. you know, Sam I mean, Hill, I just, I, I, wrong with people? I really hope, I really do hope. And I'm glad that we got to have a conversation today that wasn't overly political and it wasn't political really at all. But, um, because like I'm feeling back and forth uh, some days I have hope and then other days I'm like oh shit <laughs> we're doomed no I but- <laughs> do too I think that's that's where I think you just expressed it right there that's where all of us are mm-hmm. and I said to Kurt too we just like this past summer we were supposed to be in Italy we were gonna oh, renew wow. our vows oh. we were gonna do this whole thing at this place we always go that we love and of course it didn't happen yeah so I continue to look at dresses and flowers and just stuff. Even if mm-hmm. it doesn't happen, mm-hmm. I need something to look forward to. Yeah, I have to like have something that it will get better. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that now. Yeah. I do. I, I mean, I think it will um, get better. I know it will. It's just, it just while you're in it, it's really hard. And then we're, we're and, and as you said earlier, this PTSD of coming off of like an abusive relationship, really, with the government. It's, mm-hmm. it's so, mm-hmm. it's taken a toll. And, you know, for this month, I am, I, I feel like this, we're in this holding pattern until he becomes the president and we've got to endure whatever crazy shit Trump pulls with pardons and cr- fucking shit all over Twitter. And I mean, it, it's like, and then the crazy ass Republicans that will remain, yeah. it's like, uh, and I just, I just don't even want to deal. I just don't want to deal. No, I know. I know. I just want to it's, do crafty things, it's and I'm not even crafty. situation when you have 70% of the Republican Party believing that, yeah. with zero proof, mm-hmm. with zero proof that, uh, you know, there was massive fraud in this election. Well, if yeah. there was massive fraud, where's one? Yeah. Where's one? How about a piece of fraud? Show yeah. me that, legally, <laughs> that you could, like, I one piece. So ridiculous. Oh, um, my God, I know. Well, it'll be over. It will be over. And that's what I just keep telling myself. And it's like in the middle of the day, you know, our Christmas tree is up and we've, you know, I, uh, Bob is Clark Griswold when it comes to Christmas. He's just loves the decorating and it's, it's sweet. And I mean, I've always liked decorating, but we, he's so cute because our tree is fake. It's very nice. though. it looks real. His, uh, he's been in a couple house fires. So he has this total fear of a tree catching on fire so he found like I remember it was it was in when we first moved here the first year in 2018 coming from California he drove around all day you know looking for the perfect tree going to every you know whether it was a Home Depot or whatever it was around until he finally got this it's like a seven foot tree and it looks real you know I mean it doesn't smell like a real tree but it looks real and Mm -hmm. so you know we have the tree up and we have 
all of our decorations and it's like I go out into the living room and see the tree and decor and everything and then I just want to stop looking at politics and I want to start like making cookies or something you know it's like I just want to I think making cookies is the best best cure for all our ills right now make cookies play the music Mm -hmm. do do all of it and Mm -hmm. I mean we have our tree up way earlier than we normally do yeah just for want of something to you know yeah people kept warning me about Ripley knocking the tree down (laughs) I'm a little disappointed that it hasn't happened yet like I put it up to see that show I tuned in I I put that show into production she has not paid off she just kind of sits there and looks at you like like Rambo you know Rambo disappeared into the mud that's why she's in the Christmas tree oh my god she is so funny I love her well, I'm He's so glad funny. that you were you were free to talk, and um, I so Thank enjoyed. Thank you for having me back, hearing my cat stories. <laughs> well, and you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to add this. I have decided uh, through this terrible part of COVID, uh, we're not getting any animals until it okay. starts to calm down. And so, in a way, I'm kind of glad because, you know, you know Mark Marin. Yes. He just posted a video. Like one of his cats has an issue with his kidneys. And I, I can't remember what the deal is. And I had to stop watching it because he's freak, uh-huh. he's freaking out. And it's funny because he said, I always think my cats are going to die. He wrote that. And my mother said to me when I went over and took care of her when she had her hip operation, she's got two and you're cats. you're in her cats. Yeah. yeah. And, cats. and so I was telling her, I said, you know, I don't know if I'm ready. And, I, and I'm surprised by that because normally when someone else loses their pet, I'm like, get another pet. Get another pet right now. And you just give all your love to that pet. But but Miranda was so difficult Miranda, because it was like it took it took it such was, a it's gonna take its time it's hard. and it will be right only when you're ready exactly just listen to you listen yeah to and inner, so it's like I feel yeah. nervous about you know the anxiety I mean, my mom my mom had a cat one time that was just filled with problems I mean he lived to be 14 but his entire life was just constant it was that there was always a battle trying to keep him alive and he had a good quality of life or we or wouldn't have happened but. Um, you know, I mean, still, it's like there's this anxiety that I have because for a month and a half, I was tortured by what she was going through. And it, and so I feel like, well, if we get kits, you know, kittens at COVID time and there's an issue, I'm going to have the anxiety from taking to the vet is going to be through the roof for me. So I'm just I'm holding off, <laughs> just going to hold yeah, off. No, and- I hear that. On the other hand, there's Kirk, who is desperate to get a friend for Ripley because he thinks she's depressed because we're not amusing enough and our dogs are older so while we were talking I get this ping in and it's like I know you're in a podcast but yes or no oh my god that's so funny a little white white kitten and I went yes so possibly he could be driving to go get a friend for Ripley but she does she wants someone to play with yeah you know she that's really, why i really want does. to and it's not yeah. so fair for her to have no one so i would not mind kitten i just now you know well, I will live vicariously through you. It's you and Tara Dublin. She has, I don't know if you're familiar with Tara Dublin. Yes, but she, yes, okay. I'm so her kitties, Max and Duke, I live vicariously mm-hmm. through you guys. And eventually I'll have my own. But oh my God, I can't, I hope you guys get it. That is because I, I want to. I'll let you know, but literally it came in right now. Oh, oh, oh sorry, because he called first and I ignored him. He's like, sorry, I remember a podcast. All you have to answer is yes or no. And he sent me this picture. So, so my kitten, I love, find me. And I was oh. like, okay. 
That is so, so sweet. I gotta go home and see if he left or yes. if he's getting it or what. Oh my god. But thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me come on and, and talk. It's all therapeutic, you know, and yes. that we have that we have this community. That's yes. what Twitter has given me is this community of a soft place to fall. Yes. Sometimes they're assholes and they're sharp elbows, but you can block them. Mm-hmm. And that's fabulous. And that's it. So why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Oh, they can find me at Kirsten Warren on Twitter, Kirsten Warren, it's K-I-E-R, very tricky Danish name, <laughs> and on Instagram, the real Kirsten Warren, once again, the same tricky spelling. Cool, well, then I, I will add yeah. those to the Patreon description, and of course, you can find me on Twitter at author Kimberly, and that's K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y, don't forget that extra E, and then the same name, obviously, over on Amazon, and you can read all my books about teen abortion and... Um, American women voting and, and <laughs> men going through heartbreak and people who have lost their virginity. So anyway, it was awesome talking to you. Uh, I cannot wait. To, I hope you get this kitty and tell Kirk I said hi. I absolutely will. Thank you for having me. All right. Take Mwah. care. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.